wait, wait, you, you want me to be like funny haha or funny what I'd do with David Tennant and Nathan Fillion with two hours and a bottle of baby oil? Oh, oh, okay. Um, hi, this is Julie Maris from Wicked Unscripted, and here comes Sci Fi Saturday Night. We will begin a mass invasion. Tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you can be so easily. It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. In your naked duty to tell us the truth, confess, confess that you've been guilty of witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Bye by Saturday night. Good evening, everybody. It is TalkF 179. My God, 179 of these. And tonight, <laughs> <laughs> wow, holy crap, that hit me just like a brick. 179. Waste wow. an hour. That's amazing. Uh, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking paranormal romance with H.P. Mallory. Joining us tonight, deep in Area 51 at the sub-level 405, past the Motel 5.4, still has a light on for you, by the way, directly adjacent to the book burning for alternative heating and energy and air conditioning, next to the fried Pillsbury Doughboy cloning in Pizza Hut, I am the Dome. Joining the talk cast tonight are a few of the usual suspects, because once again, we're person light, penny short. In the Revere Time Vortex, Violent Soundboard Vixen, Chief Architect of All That Is Technical, and Princess of Unstable Petroleum Byproducts, it's Kriana. Pop, pop. Okie dokie. don't watch Community. <laughs> no, I don't. Sorry about that. <sighs> From the Four Color Balls of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, our lovely ingenue, the woman who's both red hot and icy cold, joined tonight by Barnabas, her zombie cat, it's the dead redhead. Iran does not have a time machine. They would like people to know that. I beg to differ with you, and we'll have that discussion later. <laughs> <laughs> Me- meanwhile, guess who's friended me tonight? Senior people, perfect match. I think they knew it. i, I got to get off our Facebook page. Our guest tonight, <laughs> best-selling New York Times author, with her new book, Better Off Dead, the lovely, the fetching H.P. Mallory. Welcome to the show once again, my dear. Thank you so much, Dome. I'm very <laughs> excited to be here. We're going to be talking in the second half hour about your new book with your new series, the Lily Harper series, Better Off Dead, uh, which is like brand new. Yeah. And, new, uh, as of March 26th, yeah. And kind of, just, just to preface this, kind of very different from anything you've ever done before. Yes. Totally different. <laughs> really, we Dom, talk- really, would it be the same, do you think, as she's done before? Or would you say it's not the same as I she's done? I would say it's not <laughs> the same. In fact, slightly, if not very different. So if you had Possibly- to characterize the magnitude of sameness or not sameness on a, share- <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 15. Oh, boy. Uh, it would be 11.426 different. <laughs> but... You know, we'll get to that in a second. Plus, what's, what's oh. your standard deviation on that? The standard deviation would be 5.8. Oh, my God, they're doing math! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about tonight, some weird stuff that's been going on in the world of, of science fiction and science weirdness. And, oh, my God, where do we want to start? Oh, I know where we should probably start. The 2013 Inkwell Awards. Our friend Bob Allman. Bob Allman! Inkwell Awards! Bob Allman! Inkwell Awards! We love inkers! Inkers are awesome! Inkers are the best, and the 2013 Inkwell Awards are right around the corner. In fact, voting is up now on their website from uh, now, when you're actually hearing this, until April 30th. Uh, So we'll have two links up, one to the Inkwell Awards website, so you can kind of read the background about who they are and what they are and, and what they do. And the second link, which will take you right to the awards, the, the, the ballot, the awards ballot. What's with my mouth tonight? It's kind of weird. So, uh, Bob, <laughs> we have 
we will not see you at Boston this year, but we'll hopefully see you later on. And uh, good luck with the awards, and we'll be anxious to hear who the actual winners are. Now, Dead Redhead. Yes. We're going to be, uh, actually, when this podcast airs, we are going to be at Boston Comic Con. We are. It is prevailing. Yeah, regardless of what happened, what occurred, it's still going on. We're still going to be there. Uh, I may be wearing a helmet, but we're still going to be there. And we would uh, like to send out our heartfelt um, condolences to anybody who lost anyone during the explosions. And we would also like to put out our condolences to anybody who is still healing. And we hope that they all heal very quickly and heal very well. So let's talk a little bit about uh, some do's and don'ts for people who are now planning on attending the convention this weekend. Don't bring weapons. Yes, don't. So I don't care what you're cosplaying, don't. Not even even large, fake-looking weapons. Just don't do it unless you want... A National Guardsman with a machine gun all up in your business. (laughs) All up in your business. You think that's an exaggeration? It's literally not. Watch CNN. You'll see the picture. (laughs) By the same token, at this point, we want you to come. We want you to have a great time. There are going to be some fantastic people there. And it's a time where we can just kind of forget about what's going on around us for a little bit. And just kind of enjoy... Well, I think it's going to be a little hard to forget because the center is sort of in the middle of the most enormous crime scene on the face of the planet at the moment. Yes, I get that. So I I don't think anyone is going to forget, but they'll be able to enjoy themselves. So what what are the latest goings on there? Well, one of the the changes that we had is that um, the uh, gentleman who played Shane... Um, I'm trying to think of his name again here. Where are we? He had to bow out because of a shooting schedule. I am sorry that I don't have his exact name, but he's not going to be there. Um, Who we do have from The Walking Dead, the TV show, is Lauren uh, Cohen, who is playing Maggie, who's really one of the coolest characters on the show. She is going to be with us at Boston Comic Con. And also Laurie Holden. And Laurie actually plays Andrea. And Andrea, again, is one of the very cool characters on the show. So we're very uh, happy to hopefully get to see them. Uh, maybe we'll send Dome over and um, see if... Uh, <laughs> yes, so I can do another one of those scintillating interviews where I forget to use my notes. She can embarrass Dome like everybody else that we send it. All the other females we send Dome over to talk to. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys so much. You, I am the worst interviewer when it comes to face to face with beautiful women. There's no question of that. <laughs> but My they're going God. to be there. Um, one of the people who I know I'll be looking forward to is to see if uh, Marky Ramon. I was just shows. about to mention that you and I need to go see Marky Ramon. It's true. I may want. I want to get some of his spaghetti sauce. So we'll see. He was trying to sell it for like forty dollars online. I'm not paying forty dollars for spaghetti sauce. I'm sorry, but if I can get it signed for like twenty, I might do that. I might do that. How about you, Don? Would you get spaghetti sauce from Marky Ramon for twenty dollars? I might actually be be inclined to buy some Marky Ramon spaghetti sauce, and and Kriana, you can you can actually come with us and meet an actual Ramon. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. They're already gone. But so we got the drummers. Ironically, the Ramones are kind of the backwards of Spinal Tap. In Spinal Tap, all the drummers blow up. And in the Ramones, everybody, everybody else is gone. The drummers the drummers. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lori Holden is also uh, just announced being uh, a guest as well. Uh, and she was. Uh, She's also that's from the Catholic Walking Dead. That's what so I was to... talking about, Andrea. Oh my God, so... guys! Breaking news. Yes. Breaking news: The Wall Street Journal says Amazon's purchase of Goodreads this year may be canceled. That may not be the worst thing that ever happened. And that it may, and we're not saying that it is. Or wait a minute, 
Oh no, that's not what it's saying. I'm just, just kidding. Brianna, <laughs> are are no. you looking forward to yeah yeah? Y- you know, I I just saw what I wanted to see rather than what the actual headline said. Oh, wonderful! A- Amazon is just so evil, right? Wouldn't it be cool if Goodreads had partnered partnered with Apple? That would have been awesome. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Right? right. Right. Okay. Never mind. Sorry. Oh wow. Brianna. Yeah. Are you excited to try to meet Yaya Han? I don't know who that is. She's a cosplayer. She's known for very big yayas. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Is, is that a euphemism? I would think so, yes, actually it is. <laughs> Apparently she's like the queen of the cosplayers. She was even on um, King of the Nerds. They had her on a couple times. Oh, yes, that is right. I forgot she about She threw that. stuff at some of the nerds. Like She was throwing balls at them and stuff to try to get them confused on their labyrinth things that they had to do, but... Hmm. But there there are lots of other things going on. We also have um, Alan Sherville, who is supposed to be the Nashville Superman. I don't know what that is, but I think we're going to find out. We will find out. There's going to be a comic auction, though. But more folks, please go down to Artist Alley and see all the really cool artists. You'll meet uh, folks that you've heard here on Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Um, such as I think Frankie is going to be there. I should check that to make sure. But um, let's see. Let me take a look through here very quickly to give you a very quick overview. Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Paul, um, Amanda Palmer are going to be here from uh, from Marv from. Uh, I should be really careful how I say that. Uh, from DC, Roger right. Andrews. Is going to be there. George Perez, who I still say is the number one Wonder Woman writer and artist of all time, as far as I'm concerned. Um, we also have Frank Cho, who, if anybody used to read Liberty Meadows when he was doing this strip, he's a fabulous artist. He's going to be there. Sarah Richard, our own Sarah Richard, is going to be there. Yeah, and she'll be actually autographing copies of Kitty and Dino. Yay, Kitty and Dino! Uh, Amanda Connor. I'm sorry, Amanda Connor from The Pro, and The Pro is a great comic. If you haven't read it, you should pick it up. It's very, very funny. Um, Craig Russo. um, Tim Sale. Tim Sale. Oh, my God, Tim Sale. David Mack is going to be there. We love David Mack. Uh, Tim Seeley, who just wrapped up Hack vs. Slash, if... um, Anybody was reading that? It was a horror comic that was actually very, very cool. Uh, speaking of horror, uh, Steve Niles is supposed to be there. Uh, Joe Linsner, again, if you are an art fan and you've never heard of Joe Linsner, you should, I don't know, stick your head in a freezer. But uh, Joe Linsner, who created the, the comic Dawn, a Cry for Dawn, is, again, one of my favorites. He's going to be there. And here's a secret uh, for all of you. If you go, stop by the table of Tom Zotos. You'll find some amazing stuff there, and tell him that Dome sent you. He'll have no idea what you're talking about, but it'll be interesting. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Mike (laughs) Mignola, again, from Horror. Mike Mignola is a giant. Oh, gosh, yes. He's the creator of Hellboy, and I got to introduce him once. Um, he's an extremely nice man, um, very creative, very talented. Um, Bill William, who is actually one of the uh, artists for Fables, um, and just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful work. Can we mention some of our local favorites too, like Julie Mayer and Julie Mayer is going to be there. The, uh, uh, the Underburbs guys. Please go over and get the new issue of the Underburbs. Oh my gosh, yes, it's great fun. The Countess will usually be there with them if you go see the Underbirds guys. Actually, I think she's got her own table this year. She might. She's been doing her own art, which also is very good. Actually, I know for a fact she is because we actually requested that she bring new her new coloring books. She has the coolest coloring books. Oh. And we bought every single one. Uh, Ardo <laughs> Callahan, uh, who does some of the great, great uh, litho art that there is. She does some 
beautiful Star Wars art that uh, Kriana has. I think Kriana's going to sleep. I'm just checking. She might have. I'm not asleep. Okay, oh, okay. Sure. just checking. Yeah, Joe Haley and TJ Dort are the Underbirds guys. Go over yep. and say hi to them and tell them that Sci-Fi Saturday Night sent you. You'll find um, some of the most... In, in Artist Alley, you're going to find some of the most beautiful artwork you've ever seen at some of the most reasonable prices you're ever going to find. Absolutely. Absolutely. So bring lots of money and credit cards and all kinds of things. And, I mean, yeah, you're going to go there. You're going to want your big stuff to be signed by Tim Sale and David Mack and everybody. But bring some money for the little guys, too, you know? Absolutely. Um, they're the ones who really, really struggle and to put out their great editions of their comics and their artwork on weekly bases or, or daily, weekly, and monthly basis, and they really need the support as well. Um, Illustrator X is going to be the voice of Boston Comic-Con this year. And you might uh, find something started at the Sci-Fi Saturday Night Table if you actually look for it. You will find some of X's art, Absolutely. Uh, you'll find some other art over there, too, and you'll see the great new posters that Kriana created for us. Yes. Nice right, job. Kriana? Yeah, I did that. There she is. <laughs> we're going to write, we're actually going to, you, you can write things in our word balloons. So, no, we're going to write know, things on our word balloons. Oh, we're going to write it? Oh, I thought we were going to let our fans do that. No, no, so we're going to write it because it's going to be our handwriting. I didn't want to write something on there. I was thinking about using different fonts, and then I was like, how many typefaces is too many for one poster? And then I thought we could just write them in our own handwriting. We could. We could do that. We Some of do. us have much better handwriting than me. I'll so write yours, be... Dome. Jeez. <laughs> It'll be girly looking, though. That's and okay. I can, I'll, I'll, I'll live with that. You'll see problem. me running around in my steampunk outfit, so... Say hi. Woo-hoo. So what else is happening? That that it's it's going to be an interesting couple of days. I'm really looking forward to seeing everybody. And uh, oh, Peter Vinton's going to be there. Yay, Peter! We love Peter Vinton. We do. We absolutely do. So uh, what else has gone on this week? It's been an odd couple of weeks. Uh, there was a rumor floating around that Sci-Fi is considering canceling Warehouse 13 at the end of this upcoming season. What? And the rumor is based on the fact that they still haven't committed to a full new season. And it, it's... Come on, Sippy. It's, it's really weird. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that one of their it, highest rated shows? It's written by Mike Hinman, and we know that Mike has a flair for... Uh, overhyping stuff from time to time. <laughs> uh, but I mean, just the first two sentences of his, his article, are, it's hard to even have a conversation that includes both Warehouse 13 and Cancellation in the same sentence, but it makes it easier when you add the third word into that mix, Siffy. Mm-hmm. So, uh... Yeah, and actually Warehouse 13 is now the top-rated scripted show on sci-fi. Yeah. So, of course, they're going to cancel it. Yeah, that would be like them. They still haven't picked it up, waiting to see how well it does against uh, the networks in May sweeps, which I think is incredibly uh, Eureka went on for how long after it stopped being interesting? At least two or three seasons. But the weird thing is that when Eureka, when they announced the cancellation, uh, the fan base got angry. They ordered another half season and only aired a third of them. And all of so it still I, sucked. I don't understand what, what they're thinking or why they're thinking the way they're thinking. Are they hey, thinking? First of all, well, you know, first of all, somebody pitched a talk show to them and they never actually returned my phone calls. So, I mean, you're lost, guys. Totally That's right. your loss. Anyway. Yeah, I think but it's also, little... but also, it's. Um, I was going to say, doesn't that make room for more wrestling shows? Because apparently, people love watching wrestling on. Apparently Disney. so, huh? I don't yeah. understand what that's all about, but what the hell? Can I talk about Mercury? Can you talk about Mercury? The stuff inside the uh, the thermometers, or what? No, the whole planet. The oh, whole the planet. planet. Yes, they actually found some of the craters of Mercury have been named. 
And get this, the two authors who got their names for the Craters on Mercury are H.P. Lovecraft and Madeline Lingle. So, that is two very divergent. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine what would be coming out of those craters. I'm just saying. <laughs> wow. Let's not. Uh, I mean, Lovecraft kind of makes sense. But yes, Madeline yes. Lingle? Seriously? Although, I'd also like to start a, I should start my own campaign somehow. I'd like uh, Fritz Leiber to get his own crater. Uh, you know, I, I could see that happening. I could People are going to get craters uh, named after them. I want one named ten, after Fritz. How, how much do you like Fritz Leiber? I, I'm not really getting it. Okay. She's a 10. 10? <laughs> that's a, that's okay. a 10 for her. I'm glad we got this cleared up. <laughs> But, no, I mean, that's pretty interesting now, to the point. We, uh, did we get past stars and now we're naming craters? Is that how it works? I think it is, yeah. <laughs> it is. I think that's exactly what's happening. But anybody so, who wants to be with me with the Fritz Leiber crater, you know, sign on to Sci-Fi, our Facebook page, if you haven't liked us, like us, and then make a note, yes, we agree with Dead Redhead that Fritz Leiber should get his own crater on Mercury. Yeah, and then NASA will totally not listen to us. Well, well we can try yeah. now. We could. NASA will listen to us before Siffy does. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So there's a there's a whole thing that's happening with uh, uh, entertainment delivery, you know, with Amazon Prime and and Hulu actually doing uh, original shows and. Now, Microsoft Network is commissioning an original series for their Xbox Marketplace. First of all, what the hell is an Xbox Marketplace? (laughs) And and why should I care? You're the youngster. Explain this to us old people. Please. Or or, or not. Sorry, I abstracted. (laughs) There was something shiny going by. <laughs> we were asking you as the youngster to explain to us this Xbox what, what Market Xbox Market thing. I don't know. I have a PlayStation. <laughs> so anyhow, MSN is looking to acquire or commission a r- original series for their Xbox Marketplace. Uh, essentially the same as what's going on with Amazon, Netflix, yada yada yada, because Microsoft is always a little late into the game and copies what everybody else is doing. And What's badly. Even, and never quite well. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so what genre series did they pick to reboot for their first shot at this? The series that went on for five seasons and was only good for one of them. Clearly Heroes. not Stargate. Heroes. Obviously heroes. <laughs> I mean, it's first of all, okay, that series doesn't need a reboot. No. It had five seasons. The first one was magnificent. The second and the third one were just phenomenally wrong. And four and five were an attempt at redemption oh, that failed. Bad. They just never made it. Now, there's no word about who they're going to be create, who's going to be creatively involved with it, and there's absolutely no mention of Tim Crane, which is kind of interesting, seeing as Tim Crane was that show. That's right. It could be it bad. It was his all along. So, how are they going to do it without him? And again, why do we care? And and how are they going to? Um, I'm sorry. This. The thought just jumped out of my head for a second there. But I was going to... Sorry. Um, I was going to ask say that if you call a reboot of Heroes, isn't that actually Misfits that BBC did right? <laughs> and they yeah. actually had good seasons, multiple good seasons of the show? Actually, that wasn't BBC. That was ITV because oh, I see. It, was, it was actually too racy for BBC which surprises me that there's anything that they won't do but clearly there was uh, <laughs> uh, yeah and I mean yeah you're right show. go out and, and get it and watch it if you haven't seen it See, yeah, it, it's a much better show than Heroes ever was except for season one which 
season one up until its last episode was actually really good. And in the last episode, they, they copped out completely. Anyway, so that's happening, and I'm not sure why. What else is happening this week? Oh, uh, okay. Uh, we're, we're inviting everybody to uh, get under the dome. No, we're not. Actually, <laughs> I think it's time to talk about the poll, man. <laughs> I am really done with this conversation. <laughs> uh, so, Dead Redhead, what was the poll last week? Are we going to the poll? Sure, let's go to the poll. Oh, okay. So, we actually had our poll where we asked, what is your found footage film? And I'll be honest, it's because X and I finally got to see Troll Hunter, and we thought it was going to be really stupid. And while it was vaguely silly at times... Um, it I was, was going to say, it wasn't movie. really stupid? <laughs> it was a good movie. We actually enjoyed it. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, yes, the trolls look silly. They do. But I thought it was a fun movie. And it didn't make me anywhere near as... Um, I didn't get car sick like I did with Blair Witch. But anyway, <laughs> I got really sick at Blair Witch. It, that, yeah, yeah, me too, but it was more out of boredom than anything else. It was the most boring film I've ever seen in my life. So what we did is we asked... We had a bunch of found footage films. And, I mean, there were tons of them. People were even adding things. So we got our top three, and coming in at number three is Cloverfield. Yeah. It's, it's okay. okay. It's not a great film, but it's okay. Coming in at number two, speaking of which, is The Blair Witch Project. Uh, whatever. <laughs> and so I know people love it. I know that... Um, X always talked about how people who used to go out in the woods and get lost probably would get really scared about it. All I could do is reach for the Dramamine, and it gave me the worst migraine because I'm like, keep the friggin' camera still. Um, <laughs> I was set to run out of the theater because I couldn't stop making comments about, no, you're stupid. Don't go there. No, you're <laughs> stupid. Stay with the other two. Oh, God. Haven't you ever seen another movie like this before? <laughs> and coming in at number one is Troll Hunter. Actually, we had quite a few people who have enjoyed Troll Hunter. So those are our our suggestions. And I I say this saying, okay, the trolls are going to look silly. I'm telling you this up front, but it's a fun movie, and the way they do it, it kind of does get you involved in the movie. And then when you see these gigantic things, it's like. Oh my god! And then you're like, well, yeah, it does look silly, but oh my god, it's enormous. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and you can see the pretty countryside of what is that, Norway or Sweden or whatever, whatever it is, it, country it, it is. Had it had it been a, a travelogue, it would have been a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, the guy that played the the troll hunter was awesome. I mean, he was a very very he had that mystique of the the loner who's out there, like almost like a, a a vampire hunter or something. And I thought he was fun. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm putting my money on Hansel and Gretel witch hunters, but that's a whole other story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> please, please. And I and I am cor of course am joking. Please don't Speak take that one seriously. Speak to the speaker. Uh, <laughs> Which brings us to the talented, the lovely H.P. Mallory. Welcome back to the show, my dear. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. Well, you shouldn't be after the first half hour, but that's okay. <laughs> 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 you like any of those movies, H.P.? I'm still trying to figure out what the Xbox marketplace is. Yeah, no kidding. I think they are, too. <laughs> Microsoft scares me sometimes with what they do because they don't get any of it through. I mean, all you have Very to do is look at the new version of Office and it makes it perfectly clear they don't have a clue. Anyway, <laughs> I have been a fan of yours and your books for, oh my gosh, uh, 
God, when did we first start talking? A couple of years ago, I guess. I think you're I think we kind of I think the first time I was on the show was when I was really just getting started, I want to say. Yeah. And, and read through the Dulcie O'Neill books, which there are no not going to be any more of those, huh? Um, for right now, no, I might come out maybe with some short stories or I was thinking I might come out with a book kind of like, where are they now kind of thing, maybe, you know, in a year or so from now. But for right now, I've got a couple different projects underway. Um, so yeah, so I'm not, I'm thinking there won't be a Dulcie book for at least a little while. And then there was your second series, uh, and of course, right now I'm just blanking on it. Oh, never mind the uh, uh, ooh, the Jolie Wilkins. Jo- the jo- I'm right. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, so that one's over, but there is a spinoff series coming um, probably the end of this year that will kind of will pick up exactly where the last one left off, but in Based a different the other, perspective. The other wonderful character in there, Sinjin. Yes, exactly. And then I heard a little birdie on Facebook told me HP was coming out with a new book. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I, I wonder who that was. I think it was. I think it was you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was my own bird. You yeah. were, and you were a wonderful bird. And and you said, <laughs> "Hey, let's check this out. It's a new series." and this one is so very completely different than anything I've ever read by you before. Yeah, it definitely, uh, it kind of was a different, I mean, it's still paranormal. It's still, you know, I guess you could still call it urban fantasy. Um, but yeah, it's a little, it's, I've embarked on a, a bit of a different path with this one. Well, first of all, uh, the book is called Better Off Dead. It's part of a new series, which, if I'm to believe what I've read in the first book, is going to be a series of at least 10 books. It kind of well, has it, to be. <laughs> it, well, it's... <laughs> um, uh, I'm it not won't actually be... No, 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 no. It won't actually be 10 books, because basically, the way it's set up, and so people kind of understand... Um, the premise is that it parallels Dante's Inferno. And so what I was planning on doing is including about three cantos or three levels of Dante's hell, but with my spin on it um, in each book. And actually I think I decided to do that too per each book. So basically I was thinking it was going to be another five book series. Another five book series, except it has to be a six book series because you really didn't do the first one for, and there's a spoiler in there, but we're not going to go there. Um, Right. Your characters, these are different characters than I have ever seen you write before. (laughs) I mean, they are so deeply original characters. First of all, there's Lily Harper, who is the the main character of the book, and basically these stories are about her, and Lily's dead. Right. I'm just going to start there. Lily dies in the the first chapter. (laughs) What a great way to start a book, huh? (laughs) Way to put you in a good mood. No spoilers. (laughs) Well, trust me, we've got a couple of spoilers here. And the first thing that happens to her after her death is she is introduced to a place called Afterlife Enterprises. Right. uh, Run by a mid-level manager by the name of Jason Streethorn, who is probably one of the slimiest characters in the book. Yeah, because... I would say so. Oh, I love slimy characters. Yeah, well, you kind of like him because he, he's he's like a three-card Monty guy. It's like you're never actually sure you're seeing what it is that's actually there. He's actually letting you see what, only what he wants you to see. Mm-hmm. And then we find out uh, very early on in the book that Lily died not because she was supposed to die, but because her guardian angel, Bill, screwed up. Right. <laughs> now, here's a character I've never seen you write before. And he's Bill. my favorite character I've ever written. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. I absolutely, I love Bill. He's not only the easiest character to write, but I, I don't know, he just sort of writes himself. 
wow, I love you. <laughs> honest, okay, Bill, first of all, is a foul-mouthed angel right. who enjoys Yay. the feminine form quite nicely and, and vocally. Uh, <laughs> and, and never quite, you like him, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy would not only put money in the creepy jar, he'd then steal money from the creepy jar. <laughs> nice. Nice. And he's an angel. I mean, that's the odd part. You juxtapose, you know, uh, I, I'm not even sure how to describe what you juxtapose there. <laughs> well, I basically, with this book, and I, not only is Bill my favorite character I've ever written, but this book is actually my favorite book I've ever written as well. Yeah. And it took a lot of kind of thought, a lot of planning, that sort of thing, um, for me to finally figure out how I wanted to approach the book and the series. Um, And basically, it really kind of includes everything that I love reading, um, everything that I'm interested in. So on the Dante level, I mean, I've always been, I was an English major in college, so I've always been really fascinated by uh, classic lit, and I always loved The Inferno by Dante. I just, it's, I always thought it was just so creative and so interesting, and so to be able to kind of use that as Lily's guidebook as she travels through the different levels of what I call the underground city, but which is kind of the, compares to hell, basically, um, she has Dante's Inferno, the book, is her guide, as well as Bill. And I guess I should back up a little bit and say, tell everybody the reason for her going and doing this. So, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of ahead of myself. <laughs> so Lily dies before she's supposed to, before she's supposed to. And when she ends up at Afterlife Enterprises, she finds out that her guardian angel, Bill, who's a womanizer, an alcoholic, um, a loudmouth, just as you said, had made a mistake and was basically MIA and wasn't paying attention, and that's why she died. So in an offer of restitution from Afterlife Enterprises, uh, Jason Streethorn offers Lily the chance to live again with a couple of caveats. And the first one is that, A, she has to pick a new body. And this part, for me, I just thought was going to be so interesting to to study and, and think about because Lily prior to dying um, was the type of girl that was overlooked I and mean, she's overweight she's not very attractive she's very smart but she's always kind of lived her life um, kind of as, as a wallflower and consequently when she dies she decides okay you know, I'm going to be, I want to be beautiful. So she picks basically a model's body. And so for me, I thought what a great way to think about somebody who's never had beauty growing up that suddenly overnight is thrust into this body and just kind of how people would react to her, how she reacts to them, what she Ah. thinks about herself. Yeah. So that the the funny part about Lily was that before she died, she didn't have, she had like one friend right? and what she did for enjoyment was she was part of a Ren Fair community that got together right. and did reenactments. But all she want, all she would ever was, was a surf. Right. That was it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, exactly. And she kept referring back to it. And it was just an amazing, an amazing uh, situation you put together there. Yeah, well, it was kind of funny because, I mean, all she ever really could think about and what she really wanted was to basically get out of the class that she was in in this reenactment club and get into the class of the nights. And that's like her big goal. And so taking her out of that and then putting her into a situation where, you know, she's now stunningly beautiful. And as part of that, um, Afterlife Enterprises also says, okay, well, you can live again, but you know, in return, you have to go through the bowels of the underground city as something called a soul retriever. And you basically have to save souls that were mistakenly sent there during the a Y2K computer glitch. So she's basically <laughs> kind of thrust into this position of a warrior when she has no idea what she's doing. Um, 
And yeah, so her life, I mean, completely, not only from a physical standpoint has completely changed, but now she's basically having to battle with demons and deal with everything in hell and has no idea where to start. And then the bonus is that she's got Bill as her guide, who is even more hopeless than she is. <laughs> and then the, um, third, the third person of this unlikely trio of misfits is uh, a man by the name of Talis Black, who's impossible right. to understand, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I have to sit there and reread every single one of his words to try and figure out what the hell it is he's saying until I realize that none of the characters in the book quite understand it either. Right. Uh, yeah, that's so that's the truth. So Talos is Scottish. He's a, a 2,000-year-old Celtic Druid. Well, and that's going back to my whole point about this book encompassing everything that I love. I mean, it's got the classic lit. It's got Bill, who's a loudmouth, who's super vulgar and really fun to write. And then it's got, you know, a man in a kilt. I mean, how can you go wrong with that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that's Talos. He's a... super unfriendly, nobody can understand him, which kind of sort of adds to the humor of the book. Um, but he's really the only one who knows what he's doing. He's the only one who can help Lily and Bill as they go through the underground city. And throughout this whole process, Lily knows there's more to Talus than he lets on, but she can't figure out what, like, what's in it for him. Why is, why is he willing to help her? So and and you really won't really find that out until the end of the series. But, um, yeah, so that's that's it so far. And it's just, yeah, exactly. As Dylan said, it's totally different than anything I've written before. But it, for me, I just, I'm super, super excited about it. And I'm excited to see where it goes, what's going to happen with it. Now, is, is there, was it me or is there a Stephen King reference in there when they're in the underground city? There is when there's uh, some clowns that they come across, and uh, yeah, Bill calls one of them much <laughs> Right. Which, which leads me to my next question. There's a fourth character in here that I, uh, I'm sorry, a fifth character in here that I really want to talk about, who we only see for about ten pages. Sharita. Oh, is Easton. that Sharita? Right. Okay. Yeah. So now. Sh- this Sharita's kind of funny because she's actually a real person. She's somebody who entered my become a character in my next book contest and she won. So Yay. Yeah. Oh, cool. So the character yeah, so Sharita is actually modeled on a real person and she's been a reader of mine for quite a while. So and that's something I do with all of my books. So my, so my question is this. She was in there, she had a pivotal kind of moment, and then she kind of faded out. Are we gonna see her again? Yes, you will. That's cool because I sat there and I went, there's much more to Sharita than we just got told. <laughs> that's awesome. Yes. I'm really glad you did that. I, yeah, I, I really, I liked her as a character too. I like she's strong and um, and there's sort of a connection that she has with Talis that's not explained at all. And so in later books it will be. Very cool. I, I've got to tell you, you know, this is not as funny as some of the books that you've written is not as salacious as some of the books you've written. (laughs) But but at the same time, it kind of is in a very different way. And it's really a departure for you. Why, why did you decide to take a hard left with this, this series? I mean, Um, your other series has been very, very, very popular. Because I think as, A writer, I mean, I think you can sometimes kind of get pigeonholed in a certain genre or having a certain way that you write things. And for me, because I'm constantly interested in in kind of expanding the way I write, expanding the things I read, um, I don't know. I just came up with this idea. I thought it was pretty zany and out there. I had never read anything like this before or really even heard of anything like this. Yeah, so I just thought, you know, what the heck, I'm going to go for it. And it's it's definitely, it's a lot more, especially with the character of Bill, it's much more kind of in your face. Um, but I, like I said before, it's, it's, it's definitely my favorite book that I've written so far. And I just am really enjoying, yeah, the kind of the creation of the world. I feel like I'm much more, I feel like the world I created in this book was, 
pretty pivotal to the story. Um, and so I'm, I'm really enjoying that. And the other thing that I haven't done to the same extent before is that if you go on Facebook, you can actually friend the characters from the Lily series. And what's happening is that as you're reading the book or if you just read it, whatever it is, Lily's actually posting pictures of everything that I talk about in the book. Yeah. So like, for example, yeah. she'll, she goes through a forest at one point, um, and gets attacked by a spider and there's actually a picture of the spider on Facebook. So all these different people that she meets, places that she goes, all of it's documented in photos as well. So I was really going for tying my social media efforts directly to the book to make it that much more real for readers. Um, So that was another fun, fun part of this book for me. But you've done, you've done a really, really great job of working the social media aspect of uh, what was essentially a self-published writer when you started out. Yeah, exactly. And I you, think that's one of the reasons why I, I did as well as I did. I mean, you know, you, you've always had the the uh, stance that even if you hire a publicist, there's no better publicist than the writer themselves. Yeah. And you're, Very you're, much so. I, I've seen some of the rabid attention of your readers on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> they are quite, quite vocal. Oh, they are. They're amazing. I mean, they're, they are, it's funny because I've got quite a few writer friends and whenever we talk or we're on panels together, share notes, I mean, everybody hands down just says, okay, your readers are in a, a completely different class than any other writer's readers. <laughs> and it's true. Like they're the most loyal just, I mean, they're amazing. And, and the other part that I love about them is they're honest. I mean, they won't, they'll, they don't sugarcoat anything. They'll just be like, you know, HP, I, you know, I don't like what you did here. And, and I, I love that because I love knowing what people admire, the things that they really loved in a story, and then the things that they didn't. Yeah, I, so. I recall uh, making a comment in a forum one day and getting hammered by about six people. <laughs> just, how could you say that? What's wrong with you? And, and on top of that, you're a man. What do you know? <laughs> oh, that's but, funny. Uh, yeah, no, they, they're amazing. I, they're the best. And They're actually wonderful. I've met a number of people, uh, spoken at different places, that people that I've met uh, basically on your uh, Facebook page. And they oh, are that's fantastic. People. Oh, they uh, are. They're amazing. So, where are we at? The first book has just come out. It's selling very well. Yeah, and, it's, uh, um, it is. It's doing really well. A lot of things, it's funny how you said that it's kind of a departure from what I've written in the past because I've heard that quite a bit. And um, it's, it's interesting because a lot of people have come back and either been a little bit lukewarm about it because it's, it is different and they were expecting maybe one thing and they got something else. And then there's other people who are coming back and saying, I think this is going to be the best series you've ever written. So it's kind of like, it seems to be a hot or cold kind of uh, reaction from people that I'm getting so far. There, there are a lot of people who are going to say to you, you know, this is not what I expect from an HP yeah. Mallory book. And right. They're the people who are missing out on what is quite frankly, a really, really good, good series. So we're, we're set for a five book run on this. When is the next book uh, coming out? Um, I think the next book is going to come out probably mid to late fall. Um, I actually, right now, am just in the process of um, finalizing a deal with Amazon, actually, to come out with another brand new series. Oh, my. So far, (laughs) as if I didn't have enough to work on as it is. Evidently not. Have we just gotten a scoop here? There's yeah, you scene. actually are the you're the first people that I've told so far. So. I like that. <laughs> you heard it first on Sci-Fi Saturday Night. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, so this one is it's going to start as a, as two books, but um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be more than that. And this is another one that is going to be different than what you've seen from me in the past. Um, it's actually based on something that happened that's a real event back in the turn of the century in New Orleans. 
Um, and it, it, of course, it'll be paranormal because I don't think I can write anything other than paranormal. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> That's just where my interests are. Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited about that. It'll be coming out um, next year. The first one, I believe, comes out around, I think actually comes out on February 14th. Um, so a little, a little while from now, but yeah, I'm very, very much excited about this one as well. So we've got a new book in four to six months and then a whole new series coming out uh, a few months after that. I cannot wait. Yeah. This one I think is going to be really exciting. And then the Sinjin series, the, the Jolie spinoff series, that should be coming at the end of the year. So you are a busy lady. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I've, my my and my wrists know it. I've got. I get horrible carpal tunnel syndrome. So, yeah. But, so oh well. you need to buy these so that she can get wrist massages. She's going to need them <laughs> to keep us going with these great, great stories. The new series is the Lily Harper series. The first book in the series is Better Off Dead. We will have Amazon links for you. We will have links to her website and we will invite her back as often as we possibly can. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Well, thank you all so much. It was great to talk to you again. I think it's what well, I think it's been a year, maybe even more than that. So we need maybe to, in, we need to have you back on Valentine's Day, my dear. That's the plan. <laughs> yes, I would love it. That would be great. So thank you guys oh, again. Great to great to catch up with you, and I'll be talking right. to you soon. Get ready. What are we, what's going on for the next? Oh no, wait, Brianna, what's going on wait, for the next? Couple my weeks? Job. Oh, sorry, Boston Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Boston Comic Con, right? Mic drop. Join us this weekend. Wait, does this sound like a mic drop? Yeah, sure. What? There you go. Dome was getting too excited over there. Yeah, pretty much. Sorry about that. So, go ahead. Dead Redhead, you're up. Okay, so, following up with that... Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic-Con. Please join us on this weekend. Come over to the table and say hi. Granite Comic-Con and ComicArthouse.com. Visit ComicArthouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by the Traffic Lights. Pick up their CD, Hold the Folk, at RobotOnline.com. Don't. I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. It's been a weird night. It's going to be a weird weekend. Join us at Boston Comic Con if you can. And if you can, join us again here next week. I want to thank the cast tonight from the Revere Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana. Thank you, my dear. Meeble Thorpe. From the Four Color Vault of Comics. Thank you, Dead Redhead. See everybody this weekend. This is Dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everyone. I know.